This is episode number 149 with Brendan Kane. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Today's podcast is brought to you by the brand new certification program created by my health guru and one of my all-time favorite humans on the planet, Dr. Stephen Cabral, naturopathic, functional medicine, and Ayurvedic doctor. Now, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I am obsessed with a Dr. Cabral for many reasons. Firstly, he literally saved Nick's life. And secondly, I love his holistic, whole body, individualized approach to health and healing, which includes the essential Ayurveda, which is why he's the most featured person on my podcast. So if you are a wellness junkie like me, You are not going to want to miss his brand new program, the Integrative Health Practitioner Certification. This is the first of a kind program that fuses ancient Ayurveda wisdom and prioritizes whole body holistic healing. It very carefully takes into consideration that everyone is extremely different with different body types. So there is no one-size-fits-all approach here. His approach is about understanding that the body seeks equilibrium. So his program is about bringing your body back into balance as quickly as possible. This program is so in-depth and insightful, I've never seen anything quite like it. It will arm you with everything you need to know to take your own health seriously to the next level. And you can even choose to become a certified integrative health coach practitioner so that you can help other people achieve amazing health and earn great money doing it. This program is for anyone who wants to take their health and their family's health and healing to the next level. Trust me, I have seen it firsthand when Nick went from struggling after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars over many years and just not being able to get the answers or support he needed to now being in the best shape of his life with unstoppable energy and a sense of balance and calm that is truly inspiring. It's also for anyone who is already in the health and wellness field and wants to up-level their knowledge and skills, or for anyone who wants an entirely new career as a certified integrative health practitioner. Every module is taken directly from Dr. Cabral's private practice, so you get the exact handouts and protocols that he used with over 250,000 client consults. It's all online and you can go at your own pace, which is awesome. This program has got me seriously excited. Head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash Cabral. That's 
C-A-B-R-A-L to check out all the details on this epic program and take control of your health and future today. Brendan Kane is a business and digital strategist for Fortune 500 corporations, brands, and celebrities. He thrives on helping his clients systematically find and engage new audiences that reward relevant content, products, and services with their attention and spend. Brendan's greatest strength is unlocking value. He transforms complexity into simplicity with tools and methods that amplify growth and enable execution. Now, he started his career at Lakeshore Entertainment. This is where he oversaw all aspects of their interactive media strategy. He worked on 16 films that generated a worldwide gross of $685 million and pioneered the first ever influencer campaign to effectively promote Lakeshore movies. He then went on to build applications, platforms, and campaigns for celebrity clients such as Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Katie Couric, Charles Barkley, Michael Stratham, Zoe Saldana, Jason Statham, supermodel Adriana Lima, and pro skateboarder Ryan Skelter. Brendan is known for creating an innovative application for Taylor Swift and Rihanna that automatically turned any Facebook profile into a website in less than 60 seconds. Yep, you heard me right. More than 50 million people worldwide have accessed the applications and platforms that were created for his celebrity clients. He also served as Vice President of Digital for Paramount Pictures, and helped scale one of the largest social optimization firms in the world that works with brands such as Disney, Fox, NBC, Netflix, Xbox, LinkedIn, and many notable Fortune 100 companies. Now, we first met Brendan recently on our trip to LA. We actually have the same literary agent. And when I was having dinner with my literary agent, He gave me Brendan's book and he said, you guys have to meet. You just get along so well and you're in the same field and I know that you guys are just going to hit it off. So I took my agent's advice and we arranged to catch up, Nick, Brendan and I, and we hit it off straight away. One of the main things that I was drawn to about Brendan was not only is he incredibly knowledgeable, but he is one of the kindest most heart-centered, genuine, soft, loving people I know. And he really does want to serve and help others. He is so generous with his time, with his knowledge. And I'm so excited for you guys to not only hear this episode and hear from him, but to potentially grab his book and read it because it is life-changing if you want to share your message with the world. And in today's episode, we chat about his entrepreneurial journey from selling his toys as a child to producing films, working with Taylor Swift and to where he is today. 
the key learnings from working with Taylor Swift and Rihanna, how to create epic and viral content on a low budget, how to get people to share your content, why you need to over-deliver and go above and beyond with everything you do and create, the power of aesthetics and clear branding, the key to building your brand with social media, what is a hook point and how to establish yours, the different social media platforms and how they differ and how to create different content for each platform that isn't going to exhaust you, how to leverage your social media to grow your brand, why value is the only thing you need to build your brand and business, why you must know who you're talking to and what their pain points are, the exact steps he took to go from zero to 1 million followers on Facebook in 30 days, plus so much more. And for everything that Brendan and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 149. But before we dive into this epic conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this comes from Lisa Kate Wilson and it's titled So Inspiring. And she says, I love listening to Melissa's podcast every morning on the way to work and on the way home. It's giving me such inspiration to lead a happy, healthy life. Keep it up, girl. Lisa, thank you so much. I definitely will keep it up. Thank you for your beautiful five-star review. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, head on over to iTunes and leave your review right now. One more thing before we dive into today's episode. We are actually thinking of bringing Brendan out to Australia. He lives in LA. We're going to bring him out, but we're only going to bring him out if you want him to come here. So if you want him to come here, you have to head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash million and tell us that you want him to come here and what city you're in so we know what places to go. So this will be early next year, so early 2019. If you want him to come out here, if you want us to bring him out here, you have to head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash million and let us know. All right, guys, let's dive in with the one and only Brendan Kane. Brendan, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. But before we dive in, can you tell everyone what you had for breakfast this morning? I had fruit, salad, eggs, and water. That was my breakfast this morning. Nice. Very interesting combination, the fruit and the salad. I love it. And the eggs. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I am so excited to have you here. We've not had anyone like you on the show. And your new book, Zero to One Million Followers, is out now, which is very exciting. Congratulations on an amazing book. As you know, Nick read it in two days. But before we dive into that and spill all the beans on how to go from zero to a million followers... Can you tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today doing the work that you now do? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, I think that my journey as an entrepreneur, because I get asked that, that question a lot, is how early on did I know I was an entrepreneur? 
And just thinking back on it, the first kind of memory that comes to mind is me as a little kid picking up my toys and walking around the neighborhood and banging on doors and trying to sell my toys to neighbors' kids. Looking back on it, I didn't know that I was an entrepreneur at the time, but I think that that was the earliest stage of, of me setting on this path. And I think that where the, the current iteration of it really started was in college. So I went to film school to learn the business side of film and quickly realized that they don't teach you anything about business in film school. So I figured the best way to learn about business is, is to start your own. So in college, I started three internet companies really just to learn and experiment because it's the most cost-efficient way to start businesses at the time, and it still holds true today. So when I moved out to LA to pursue a career in film back in 2005, it's when the entertainment industry started to reawaken to digital after the dot-com bust. So basically, I had taken that experience starting those internet companies in college to really get my foot in the door and to forge connection, get projects, and just to really stand out because I'm of the mindset that you have to be able to offer something different and valuable to, to other people in order to really forge strong connections. So the first part of my career, I started off in entertainment, managing digital divisions for two movie studios and overseeing the theatrical releases of films ranging from 15 to $100 million budgets, which also led to working directly with actors and directors on how to further syndicate their brand, which was really a, a, an interesting and, and fun experience because film was, was my first love and, and passion. But what I realized is the corporate structure and corporate environment really wasn't fit for me. And I think that that's where I really started to reawaken to the ideas of what an entrepreneur is and, and what I was really set out to do. So I left working in the studio system and actually started building my own technology platforms and businesses and went back and started licensing them to major media companies such as MTV, Viacom, Yahoo, and Vice. And those partnerships opened up the opportunity to work with some of the, the largest celebrities in the world. So I had the good fortune of building technology platforms for the likes of Taylor Swift and Rihanna and professional athletes and, and other people. And uh, did that for about three or four years and learned a lot from that. And then got involved with a social paid optimization firm very early on. There was only about four people at the time and, and was one of the key people that helped scale that business to 100 million in revenue and about 140 employees. And what we would do at that company is we were optimizing spend on social advertising platforms like Facebook's advertising platform, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat. And that was really an eye-opening experience because we were doing this for the, the, some of the largest corporations and brands in the world. And I saw this reoccurring theme where we, had, we would have a huge brand come to us and say, here's a piece of content that we would spend, they would spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on production. And then they would want to spend another million dollars, you know, promoting it to a specific demographic. So let's just say it's females 35 to 50 years old. And when you would ask them, well, how do you know that this piece of content is actually going to resonate with this audience to the tune of risking all this money? Nine times out of 10, they didn't have the analytics or data to support that decision. So I kept seeing this over and over again, and I thought there's got to be a better way of going about this because if you're a huge brand that has tremendous budgets to work with, yes, you can fail a bunch of times and still move forward and find success. But what about the rest of us? What about people that don't have those huge marketing budgets? So I went off and started building a set of testing methodologies and predictive calculations on top of the Facebook and Instagram platform that would allow me to test content at scale 
and really understand what content formats, themes, stories resonate for a specific audience, whether you're an individual, a small business, or or even a big brand or corporation. So I was seeing a lot of success going back to those big brands and corporations and working in this capacity to guide them with analytics and data to fuel decisions on what content not only to create, but what content to promote. And then I wanted to understand, well, could this same process and the success be reproduced for people that are trying to generate a social following? So I went back to working with professional athletes and celebrities and using this system to help grow their global followings and was seeing success there as well. And then it seeded another idea in my head. It's like, well, this is great for a huge corporation, a huge brand or celebrity, which I spent the better part of my career working on. But what about people starting from scratch? What about people starting from zero? Is could I help them grow with everything that I had learned over the years? And I knew the only way to really understand whether or not it was possible was to go and run an experiment. So I figured who would be the best person to run that experiment on. And I thought, why not myself? Because I'm not a professional athlete. I guarantee you I'm I'm not a rock star because I will not sing karaoke at all. And I've never been in film or television. So I figured that I would go off and run this experiment or process on myself to see what was possible. And that's where the, the million followers in 30 days came from. Not because I was trying to make myself famous or make myself an influencer or any of that. It was really, I wanted to see, could I take all of the learnings that I had generated over the years and, and apply it to people that are starting from scratch, that are trying to get their brand or their voice out there? Because I truly believe, as you do, that there's people that can transform the world. They just need a platform or a stage to do so. Absolutely. So what are some of the key learnings that you got from working with Taylor Swift and Rihanna and people like that? Yeah. So what few people realize about Taylor Swift is that she built her fan base one by one herself. In the very beginning, she didn't have a huge record label behind her. She didn't have millions of dollars of marketing budget. It was literally herself growing her fan base one by one. And what made her so powerful and so brilliant is she understood the value of fostering one-to-one communication with fans. She understood that each time that she signed an autograph, each time she took a photo with a fan, or each time she responded to a comment online, not only did it turn that fan into a fan for life, but it also turned that fan into a brand advocate, somebody that was now willing to share Taylor's music, Taylor's message, and Taylor's content with everybody they knew. And because this was happening at a time when social platforms were becoming an integral part of everyday teenager life, when she created these new brand advocates, they were no longer just sharing it with three to four of their closest friends. They were now sharing it on their social profiles so that all of their social connections could be exposed to Taylor's content and music. And that's what made her so effective is she understood that value of essentially building this army of brand advocates that were just going to fuel her message for her globally. So the biggest takeaway I learned from that is, is how can you really create compelling content? How can you engage your audience in a powerful way that gets them to share your message, to share your content or anything that you're creating with everybody I know or everybody they know? Because with social platforms today, like one post can reach hundreds, thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of people, depending on who you're reaching. Whereas 15, 20 years ago, you could only just really speak to the people around you. So that's one, of, I, I think, one of the key takeaways that I learned working with the likes of Taylor Swift and Rihanna. Okay, so creating compelling content that is so engaging for your tribe that they are just literally like bursting to share it. 
So for someone who's like, where do I start? What is your advice for them? Yeah. So first off, I think that I would add a layer to engaging content is is how do you provide value through your content? Because I think a lot of people where they're starting out creating a business is they're like, how do I sell my product? Versus how do you actually provide value through your product? How do you provide value through your service? How do you provide value through your content first to build that loyalty with your audience so that then they do want to to buy from you? I think that that's something that you've done an amazing job with, with the content that you put out in, in the podcast that you've created. And where I would suggest to start, so how I generated a million followers in 30 days is, is following you know, a three-step adaptive process. And this is the way I kind of look at creating content and starting out with any client that I work with or anybody that I advise. So this adaptive process includes three key steps. So the first step is creating a hypothesis. What is the content theme, format, or story that we feel really best represents your brand? And again, not just representing your product or service for somebody to buy, but how is it going to provide value to them? How is it going to provide value to your potential customer? Once you have that hypothesis set, we move to the testing phase where we create a low-cost proof of concept that represents that hypothesis. When I mean low-cost, I mean low-cost is I don't want my clients spending thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars on content because you don't know if it's going to work yet. So anything that you can do in order to create a low-cost proof of concept that represents the hypothesis. So that could be simply putting an iPhone in front of your face and recording a, a positive message or, or some way to provide value. That could be using stock videos, stock photos, so that we can create something and quickly test and validate whether or not our hypothesis holds true. And then the third step of that adaptive process is we measure the results. Did our hypothesis work? Did it engage the audience that we were trying to reach in the intended way that we set out? Did it cause people to share our message? Did it cause people to click? Did it cause people to buy? And once we see those results, then we make a decision. Did it generate the intended response that we were looking for at the highest possible velocity? If it didn't, then we go back and we repeat that process all over again. We do a pivot and we create a new hypothesis. We test and we pivot. And we do that over and over again until we find something that works. We find a hypothesis that holds true and generates the intended response that we're looking for. And once we find that, then we can invest more in that direction. We can produce more content in that vein, or we can put advertising dollars behind it. But really taking that that agile process in the beginning to figure out what it takes to really package your content that, that generates a positive response from the audience that you're trying to reach. This work takes time and energy. You know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't be bothered and I don't have the time. But how important is investing time at the beginning or wherever you are in your journey into this process where you really do a deep dive and you test the content that you're putting out there? How important is it? It's critically important. And you, and you bring up a great point is it does sound like a lot of work. And as we all know, building a business and building a brand is a lot of work. So if you feel like I can't be bothered and I don't want to put in the time or the effort, then I would really ask yourself, am I better off just working for a corporation or working for somebody else than building my own company? But at the same time, like you can start out small. So when I talk about testing in this testing process, like literally you can just start by testing content. So you post one piece of content on Monday and on Wednesday and Friday, and then just write down in your journal or write down in an Excel spreadsheet what each piece of content did. 
And then you can extend those tasks beyond there and just keep building and building and building. But yes, at the end of the day, it is a lot of work, but it should be fun work. Like you should enjoy doing it. You should enjoy building your company, building your brand, creating content and seeing how people respond to it. Because if you're not, then maybe you're not in the right business, or maybe you should focus on one element of the business and create a partner that wants to focus on this element. Now, my Instagram strategy over the years has always been to share content that I love and that's helpful and that's authentic. And that's really it. And I currently, as we record this, have 113,000 on Instagram. And I have grown that very organically since I think, I don't remember when I joined Instagram. Maybe it was 2011. I have no idea. I cannot remember. But I've never paid for followers. I don't even know how to do that. But if I had have worked with someone like you, if I'd have worked with you, for example, and we had a strategy and a system and we had done this testing in place, like where could my following be by now? Yeah, it's a great question. It's, I mean, it really, it really comes down to content. I mean, the fact that you've gotten to 113,000 followers purely organically, if you leverage some of the, the testing methodologies and processes, that, that, that we've come up with, it could easily be over a million. What I've learned over the years, and like, so I spent about three and a half years perfecting Facebook, and that's where I built a million followers in 30 days. And, and as we've discussed, I've been on the journey of Instagram for, I think, like four or five months, and I'm just over 100,000. And what, I, what I've realized is that both platforms are very different. So when you talk about Facebook, for example, Facebook's an amazing platform in the fact that you just put amazing content, valuable content in front of the right audience and that they will share it for you. So it essentially can go viral versus Instagram's almost the reverse side of that, where you have to get your content onto other channels, whether it's other channels, other Instagram accounts that have large followings, doing stories about you or posting your content and linking back. And with Instagram, you have the content. Now it's about creating the, the distribution strategy of syndicating that content out into strategic places so that you can drive that traffic back and, and drive that following back. And that's, as you know, what Nick and I are, are working on for his brand right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really amazing, actually, because as you just said, you and Nick have recently started working together. And the clarity that I've seen him get as a result of working with you, the clarity around his message and his brand, it's made such a huge difference. And as a result, the content that he's now producing, it's stunning and it's only the beginning. And you can feel, you know, the videos that he's producing, there's such high content and there's so much love and so much heart in them. They're going to be rapidly shared. And I can't wait to see what else you guys create together. But using Nick as a case study, someone who has almost resisted social media up until a few years ago, you know, he didn't have social media and he's now embracing it and producing such high quality content. What do you think you guys can do together? Like, you know, what what are you guys going to create? Yeah. So with Nick, we've had this these conversations over the past two months. And I think where the real shift has been is, is seeing social media as, as really a powerful tool to transform people's lives and, and have a meaningful impact on the world. Because I think sometimes social media gets a bad rap and that's why people like Nick tend to stray away from it because 
at a surface level, a lot of people use it for vanity and just kind of show off or to build up people's egos versus if you look at it in the reverse way. And I think that some of the conversations we've had with some of the, the content partners I work with, such as like a princier who has like reached billions of people around the world and transformed their lives through positive content. I, I think that that's where kind of that mind shift can happen. And what I'm really excited about with Nick in particular, like he literally just sent me the first piece of content that he has been working on based upon all of our conversations. And it's, and it's truly amazing at the, the authenticity of it, the quality of it, and the ability to really impact people's lives with the information that he's putting out there. So what I'm really excited about is being able to take Nick's brilliance from the content that he has been creating on his podcast or on his social channels or just even in the conversations or the music that he's done and really amplifying it by by just packaging it in in certain ways. Because I think just following some of the, the formats and packaging the content and his message in a way that works for social platforms will really have a tremendous impact on not just his brand and his overall growth, but I think that he's going to see a tremendous response from people all over the world and their ability to connect with him in a very unique way on these platforms that present this opportunity because the world is truly connected. Somebody like Nick can plug into it and really transform people's lives at scale. And that's what I'm really excited about. And I think that there's just tremendous potential, not just with Nick, but people all over the world. And that's essentially kind of what excites me to work with people. Mm, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. And I, yeah, I, I totally think, you know, the quality of the content is so important. The quality, it's just so, so important. But what about for someone listening who is like, okay, cool, Melissa, Brendan, I get it. I've got to produce really good quality content offering a lot of value to my audience. But what if I don't have the budget to hire Brendan or to, you know, full production videos and things like that? What is your advice to those people? So where I would recommend people start if you don't have the budget and you're just starting out and you're trying to find your way, I would just start by looking at people that you admire, look at people in the space that you're in, whatever that business is, and find the people that are having success with content. And what I mean by that is go to their social profiles, whether that's Facebook and Instagram or Twitter, and go through their feeds and look at the content that is being shared at a high velocity, that's generating a significant amount of engagement versus the content that's not generating that engagement. And use that as basically your school. Like, just go and watch as many videos as possible, as much content as possible from the people that are in your space that are having success. And then just try and reverse engineer it. Just try and create that content. Like that's what I'm working with Nick is we spent a lot of time talking about like Princier and Jay Shetty, who are the top viral video creators in the world in terms of creating inspirational and motivational content with an authentic voice. So we had a lot of conversations just around format. And as Nick can tell you, it was like he didn't spend a lot of money to create the first video that he produced. Is is if you just follow the guidelines and and follow what's working, that's going to put you light years ahead of other people. Like I can't tell you how many people just don't do the homework, don't do the research. And when you talk about lack of budget, the best way to really maximize that opportunity and I do think it's an opportunity because it makes you work a little bit harder and look work a little bit smarter is 
how can I get people to share my message for me? Because that's the ultimate way to avoid having to advertise. That's the ultimate way of having not to pay for, for marketing dollars. So again, just really start with what are the people around you doing that's successful? Reverse engineer it and then figure out how to, to package that in your own way. And, and when I say do your homework, I'm, I'm talking about looking at everything. Look at the fonts that they use down to the first three seconds of their videos to the actual format. Do they use a square-based format versus a vertical-based format? Do they use meme cards? Do they use captions? Like study every single element in detail and then start plugging your message, your products, and your services into that. And that's where you're going to start seeing the success. And that's an easy place to start if you don't have a, a significant budget or resources to work with. Love it. So important to put your own flair, your own uniqueness and your own style on it. But definitely look around, get inspiration, see what they're doing, then create your own. So you mentioned getting people to share your content. How do we do that? How do we get influencers or even just our tribe to share our content? How do we do it? So there's two ways that I look at that. So the first way Let's just say you're starting out on Facebook and you only have a hundred friends. I mean, most people have like three or four hundred friends, but how can you first put a piece of content on your your personal page and get them to share it? Like, because if you can't get your inner circle, people that know you to share your content, then your content's not good enough. And and that presents an opportunity because I would just put it out organically and just here's a video for my product and just see how how many people share it and who shares it. And then you can go back and ask the people that shared it, like, what was it about the video that you really liked? Or if people didn't share it, be like, I'm just curious, like what didn't resonate with that video? So again, starting in the simplest way, that is one way to go about it to, to, to figure out what's working within your inner circle. The next element of that is, and, and I always tell people this that are just starting out is don't try and create the traffic from scratch. Go where the traffic is. Like I'll give you an example. So I had a, a friend that just produced a movie that is about a lesbian that's coming out to her family. And he's like, you know, what would you what would you advise me to do about this movie and how can I get it out there? Because we don't have a budget to promote it because it was an independent film. And I was like, you know what you should do? You should make a list of every single blog that talks about being gay and coming out and providing support and resources to people that are struggling with that. And just craft a message to them and say, hey, listen, we're just coming out with this small independent movie. It's about this woman that's coming out over Thanksgiving and the struggles that she's going through. And I'd love to, you know, either do an interview for you or, you know, supply you with some, some unique content or even give you the trailer. Because what you're doing there is you're bridging a connection with, with people that already have an audience. And you're also providing value to them because a website or a blog or a social channel that talks on that specific subject matter they need to have content. So it's how can you take your core message, your core content, find distribution outlets that need your content, and then forge relationships and forge connections with them. It's what I did in the movie industry very early on is I formed relationships with every single movie website and movie blog out there and, and through unique events for them or gave them exclusive content, brought them on set because I knew forging that relationship would give us distribution outlets to get our content out there. So you've got to make a list of every place that has traffic that's reaching your audience currently, and then think about, okay, how can I provide value to those places through the content that I'm producing? 
Because again, you can't just approach a website or a social channel or an influencer and just say, hey, will you post my content? Because then it's then they know you're just trying to get something out of them versus how can you provide value to them through your content? So that's the way that I would uh, initially approach that. Now, the system that I developed in terms of generating a million followers in 30 days and the system that, that I broke down is we use the Facebook and Instagram advertising platform as a market research tool where we test content at scale. And really the core metric we're looking at is the velocity of people being exposed to a piece of content versus people sharing it. So that's the system that we devised. And that's what we focus on day in and day out is how can you create content that gets people to share? Because going back to working with Taylor Swift, that's the most important thing that I've learned in building a brand or building a business is if you get your audience and your potential customer base or your current customer base to share your content at the highest velocity. Mm, I love that so much. So it's really about building these authentic relationships and offering value to them. It's not about asking, can you share? Can you share? It's about building these really beautiful friendships and relationships and offering your services to them. And going from there, I think that's really beautiful and such a powerful thing that we can all do. Yeah, I think you, you you keep bringing up a great word that I think that everybody should really resonate on, and that is authenticity. It's like, yes, you're building a brand. Yes, you're building a business. Yes, you're trying to sell a product, but you need to be authentic about it. Yes, you can do short-term gains and generate short-term revenue by trying to trick people into buying something or trying to just create a piece of content that goes viral once, but you're not going to build a, a long-term brand. Like Again, going back to Taylor Swift is, her signing autographs and taking photos with fans or responding to comments, like that's authentic to who she is. She loves her fans. She loves what she does. And if she didn't, then it wouldn't, people would see through that. And, and you see that a lot of today with a lot of musicians and celebrities, people don't stick around because they don't build that, that loyalty. And there's, there's multiple stories of this, but like one story with Taylor is she was doing a, an autograph signing and, her lucky number is 13. So she said, I'm going to do a 13-hour autograph signing. And like 3,000 people showed up to this. And she ended up staying for 18 hours, oh like just gosh. signing autographs, taking photos. And again, it wasn't a, a PR stunt. It wasn't a gimmick. It's because she truly is that authentic person. Now, I'm not saying to everybody out there, you need to do autograph signings because that's not relevant to everybody. But that's the type of mindset that you have to have. And I'll give you another example that's a really good one that's in the book that my friend, he's the chief product officer for a e-commerce company called FabFitFun. And it focuses specifically on females and they built it up to a billion dollar business in five years. And it's really fascinating that they're, that every person in the company, even from the CEO to my friend that's the chief product officer, they have to spend a certain amount of time every day and every week responding to customers. So they're literally the CEO will be in there responding to a customer's question or a customer's complaint so that they can all understand who their customers are and where they're coming from. And, and that's just paid such dividends for their brand because they're building this authentic connection with their, their customers and their customers are, are now becoming fans. And the, those fans are becoming friends of people within, within the company. Like my friend that's the chief product officer, David, like some of the customers have like nicknames for him. Because in the chat boards, they all know him. And it's just, it's like that, those stories are just truly remarkable in terms of how you use authenticity to, to build a real strong brand and a strong business. Mm. 
we have a philosophy or a motto in my business and in my husband's business, and that is that we go above and beyond and we over-deliver on everything that we do. So that is everything that we're creating. How can we go above and beyond? How can we over-deliver? Every email that comes into our support inbox, you know, I have taught my beautiful team, that it's always about over-delivering and going above and beyond and making people feel like they are the most important person on the planet. And it's definitely really built these beautiful friendships and relationships within my own business. So I absolutely agree. I think it's so important that we have that attitude of over-delivering, being of service, going above and beyond. But I would love to hear you know, I personally love my Instagram page to feel a certain feel, you know, I, I'm not going to post a photo with shadows across my face or where the lighting is all wrong, or it's too dark or something like that. If it doesn't have this sort of feel that I want it to feel. So my question is, does it have to be quote unquote pretty, you know, because I've seen some pages that aren't quote unquote pretty, but they have millions of followers. So what are your thoughts on aesthetics and branding? Is there a difference between aesthetics and branding? Going back to doing research and homework and and finding people that are having success on social, but also match kind of the message that you want to convey to the world. So let's just say there's an Instagram account that has 10 million followers, but you look at their photos, you look at their content and you're like, yeah, that's great. But I don't really resonate with that. I would never advise somebody to go against what they're feeling in their gut and do something that doesn't ring true to them. So it's brand consistency with content and content formats are super critical to success. And that's again, what we've, what I've been working on with, with Nick and how to package his content is I would never advise Nick, and we've had these conversations, to do a content format or to produce a piece of content that doesn't ring true to his brand. So we went and found content creators that are having success and just looked at their formats and figured out how we can plug in Nick's message and and, and Nick's brand. Because again, content consistency and content format is super critical. So who are the people that are producing content that you admire that are having success? Now, if you if there's somebody that you admire and they only have a thousand followers, obviously they may have a strong message, but they haven't figured out social yet. So I wouldn't use that as a guidepost. But specifically with you, Melissa, you're at a hundred thousand followers, hundred and eleven thousand followers. So what are some other content creators that you actually admire that are producing content that really resonates with you? And again, yeah, don't hide behind things, whether that is a shadow or anything, or even a, use a content format that, that doesn't resonate with you. So there are so many different ways to go about it is, is, and there's so many strategies to growth and there's so many strategies to building a business. It's really finding the ones that, that resonate for you and then going all in on that and making sure that you can do it at a level that is going to generate that virality, generate that shareability, generate that growth and, and hitting your key business goals and aspirations. Yeah, love it. So what are the keys to building your brand with social media? So I start with a fact, and it's amazing. It's an amazing statistic. There's over 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms each day. I mean, there's, there's just so much noise out there that you have to find a way to stand out. And we had this conversation when you were here, here in LA with you and Nick, and 
one of the exercises that I give people I work with is establishing a hook point, understanding what makes you unique, how you provide value. And the exercise that I give is that if you were given the cover of a prominent newspaper or a magazine in your specific niche industry, so let's just say that you were in fashion and you were given the cover of Vogue magazine, what would be that headline that you would put on that magazine that literally as your core audience or your core customers walking down a busy street, passing a magazine stand would make them stop, pick up that magazine, buy it and read it. Because it's really that difficult in today's society in in digital platforms with 60 billion messages sent out each day is what makes you unique. So the the exercise I do is like, let's sit down and, and create five, 10, 15 of those headlines that we would put on the cover of the most prominent magazine in, in your industry, and then create content that matches each one of those headlines. Because again, you don't want to do something that's clickbait. You want to do something that's providing value. And once you've done that, let's just say you, you've come up with five headlines and you've created five pieces of content, then you test those. You test them each against each other and figure out which one is resonating, which one is, is generating the most shares, which one's generating the most engagement or generating the most purchase of your product. And do that process over and over again until you really figure out what is it about your brand? What is it about you as an individual or what is it about you as a, a company or a, or a product or service? that makes people stop dead in their tracks, stop on social, stop on digital to pay attention to you as a brand. And that's where I really start because I think that people don't necessarily have that foundation and they try and build this big business without finding out what really makes them unique. So I generally start from there and then we start building a content strategy around that. Right, love it. And so is it different for each platform or is there like, generic rules across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat, or, you know, are they completely different? Yes. Each one, each one's completely different in terms of how people use it. Sometimes you can use content across different platforms. So the way that I look at it is first off, YouTube is long form consumption. So that's one of the the true benefits of YouTube is you can get people to tune in for a longer period of time. People are willing to sit there for 5, 10, 15 minutes and watch a video. In addition to the fact is is YouTube is really a search-oriented platform. So people are searching for content. And essentially, I think it's the second largest search engine in the world right now behind Google. And I could be, could be off on it, but it just shows you how people are using that platform. Versus when you look at Facebook and Instagram, both of those are short-form consumption platforms. So people are not going to watch a five-minute video on Facebook and on Instagram, you're capped at 60 seconds. So knowing those consumption behaviors, designing your content for each of those. So YouTube could be your platform for for longer form consumption and can be designed for people that are searching for content in your specific subject matter versus Facebook and Instagram going in with the mindset that this is shorter form content. And then also what I had mentioned in the very beginning is Facebook is more of a democratic viral platform where it's just about creating content that is going to get to the right people and then they'll share it out from there versus Instagram is syndicating content out to different channels and driving traffic back in. So I look at the different channels and, and how each of the consumption behavior works and then I design a content strategy around that. But with that said is you can use the same piece of content and just package it different ways. So let's just say that you and I are sitting down and we're doing a video interview that's 30 minutes long. 
we can put that full 30-minute video interview on YouTube, and then we can go back and find as many of these standalone clips that are 30 to 90 seconds long, cut them up, package them up, and then distribute it on Facebook, distribute it on Instagram, and then tell people, hey, you can go to YouTube to watch the full interview. So that's kind of the way that I look at it as more of a, a holistic approach. So really just understanding how people are using each, each platform and then designing a content strategy and creating content for each one. What do you think about creating content for Instagram and then it automatically being shared on Facebook and Twitter? Do you feel like that is a big no-no? Do you think you should not be lazy and create specific content using that same material, but tailoring it more to Facebook and Instagram? Or do you think it's okay to occasionally post something on Instagram that goes to the other platforms as well? I would say yes to that answer. I would also say that don't overwhelm yourself in the beginning. Figure out which platform is best for your business or best for your brand right now and focus heavily on that. So if you feel like your audience is really on Instagram or is more on Facebook, just focus on that one in the beginning. Get really good at that. Because the last thing I want to do is see you dilute the value of your brand by focusing on too much at the same time. Because I see that over and over again. People feel like I have to be on every social media platform and I have to create content for everyone and they get just so overwhelmed and they can't just focus on one. So to me, it's focus on the one that feels the most authentic to you, where you know your audience is and you feel like you can do extremely well with. And then once you have that under control, then you can syndicate out to other channels. And yes, you can post the same photos that you post on Instagram, on Facebook, and and vice versa with videos and things of that nature. But really, don't dive in too deep if you're just starting out. Just focus on one in the beginning and just get really good at that and figure out what's working. And then you can tackle the other platforms. Great advice. So how do you leverage social to grow your brand? Yeah, so I, I've leveraged it in a very specific, unique way. So I leverage my social brand and the, the social following that I created to get a publishing deal and to speak around the world. So mine is is done in a unique way, but there's other ways that you can go about it. Like there's ways where you can leverage social to drive a tremendous amount of traffic out to a website or to a podcast or to a newsletter. Because what I've learned from people that are far smarter than me is building a brand just doesn't mean being on social. You need to be on as many platforms as possible so people really see you as a real tangible brand. And I know we just finished the last section talking about just focusing on one social channel and getting good at. I still firmly believe that is focus on one area. But then once you get good at that, then it's about how many other outlets can you syndicate your brand on? Can you take your social success and create a podcast? Can you create a newsletter? Can you create a blog? Can you get on other people's podcasts? Can you get on television? So it's really about how you can leverage social to build your overall business. Because one of the the mistakes that I see people make is they, they invest so heavily into social and growing a social account only to find out that the algorithms are pushing down their content or an account gets shut down for whatever reason, or a, a social account becomes obsolete. So their brand isn't really strong enough to survive those, those bigger shifts into where the, the overall market's going. So just being really strategic and smart about how many different outlets can you get your voice heard, get your content out there, uh, so you can get a holistic approach to, to building a solid foundation for your brand. Love it. 
You've spoken a lot about value and that being the only thing to build your brand or business. So can you just touch on what does that mean, value, giving value? Yeah, it's, I think it's to me, and listen, you'll see successful people in other forms that are just really good slick salesmen and can just sell products really well. But I just look on everything of where I've had success in my career. And people ask me, well, how do you get to work with major celebrities and major corporations and close big business development deals or even grow a big social following? And to me, it's again, it's about how am I providing value to the other person on the other side of the table? So for example, if you're sitting on the other side of the table of a a Taylor Swift or a major CEO or somebody that you're trying to foster a relationship with is first, you've got to understand that people at a high level, they're getting approached a hundred times a day. And every person is approaching them with a mindset of how do I get something out of this person? Whereas I take the reverse approach is how do I understand who this person is? How do I understand what they need, whether that is my product or service or something else so that I can provide value through what my specific skill sets are, what I am good at. And it's the same goes for just a product or a service. Is most people go into a meeting or creating a piece of content or advertising or marketing with, how can I sell this product? Versus the reverse side of that is, how can I provide the most value to my audience through my product or service? So to give you an example is when we built that paid social optimization firm, the reason that we were so successful in closing huge deals and closing companies like a Disney and Xbox, Microsoft and Netflix is that we would go into these meetings and really understand who we were talking to. Were we talking to a CEO? Were we talking to somebody in middle management? Were we talking to the VP of marketing? And then diving into a bunch of questions of understanding what their pain points are, what, what was working for them, what wasn't working for them before we even talked about what we were there for. We got a firm understanding of who the person was. And then once we had that firm understanding, we spoke to the service that we could provide that was going to provide the most value to alleviate the pain points that they have in addition to achieving their specific goals and objectives. And that's why we were so successful. We got to a point where we wouldn't even bring in a deck presentation to meetings. And I, at this point in time, I don't bring in decks or anything like that. I just really sit down and talk to people and understand who they are and then craft a message that really resonates with them. Not because I'm trying to manipulate them, but I'm trying to genuinely provide value to who they are and what they're trying to achieve. And that's why I keep coming back to value is when you're coming to social and you're producing content, if you're not providing inherent value to people, either through entertainment or through type of some type of information or whatever it may be, you're going to get lost because with 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms, who's going to pay attention to a brand or a company on social or digital that's just trying to hawk them something? It's just going to get ignored. Mm, absolutely. And if you look at the people like the Prince EA and the Jay Shetties, that it's they didn't get there by accident. They are producing great content of epic value and they're being of service. There's no mistakes. It's not by accident. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Prince EA because when I sat down with him to do an interview for the book is he told me that he initially started out as a rapper and he spent eight years producing content. And I think he generated 10 million views, which is still a big number. But when he woke up one day and said, you know what, I'm heading in the right direction, wrong direction. I'm just going to produce content that provides value to other people. That's going to help inspire them to transform themselves and transform the world. 
the minute he made that change, he generated 2 billion views over the course of a year and a half. And like, to me, that's the perfect analogy of what creating value for other people can do in terms of anything in life. But most importantly, what we're talking about is how can you create content that's going to transform somebody's life so that they pay attention to your brand and share your brand and share your products and services. Mm, Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Now, so using yourself as a human guinea pig, you dove into Facebook and you generated zero to a million followers in 100 countries in 30 days, which, by the way, amazing. What was the first step you took? So as I mentioned, like the process that I built that allowed me to do that actually took me three and a half years to develop. So it wasn't like I just woke up one day and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to just generate a million followers (laughs) in 30 days without any uh, thought or work into it. So I had taken this or I developed this process over three and a half years of, you know, because of coming out of that media company and seeing the mismanagement of spend of her own content and marketing. Again, I, I worked with celebrities and journalists test, testing their content to really get a firm understanding of, of what works, what doesn't work, but also to actually just develop the system that I use, the process that I use in order to do it. So the first step for me is that that adaptive process that I just walked you through, setting a hypothesis, testing, and pivoting. The first step I took is, okay, what are the content formats that I want to push out there to get people to follow and engage a brand that they've never been exposed to? So I made a list of those content formats. So it was travel photos from unique places I've been over the world. It was inspirational quotes. I first started with inspirational quotes of others, and then I migrated to inspirational quotes of myself. I had created some test podcast interviews, so I packaged that content. I tested comedic-based content. I tested political-based content. So I could really just test and learn. And again, when I set out to do this, it wasn't about really about me generating a million followers myself. It was more about what could I actually achieve? So that's why I tested all these different forms of content. Like When I work with people on this methodology, I don't suggest that they veer off in all these different directions and themes because they generally have a pretty clear idea of the audience that they're trying to reach and the brand that they're trying to build. But again, that first step to answer your question is making a list of all of those content formats or content themes I wanted to, to test. And then the next step was actually creating that low-cost proof of concept of each one of those. And then the third was actually just going off and, and testing those. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you dive really deep into all of this in your book, which is just absolutely amazing. And we will link to it in the show notes. But I'd love to turn the spotlight a little bit more on you now and ask you, you know, you've had great success with working with such huge celebrities and stars like Taylor Swift and Rihanna. What do you attribute your success to? Is it the over-delivering or the value? Like, what do you attribute your success to? So I think it comes down to a few things. First off is what we talked about and you just mentioned is value. Is I, I'm going into every meeting trying to provide value to, to other people, not going in and trying to extract value, but give value. Secondarily, I think that one of the reasons I'm successful is because I'm able to distill complex solutions or complex strategies into simple to understand for the people that I work with. Because I do that because I have to do it for myself. It's for me to truly understand something. I need to deconstruct it into its simplest form so I can wrap my head around it. And essentially what I do is I tell a story to myself that explains how to do it or how it works. 
And then I go into a meeting telling the same story to other people that I've told myself. And I think that really resonates with people because I'm breaking down something like generating a million followers in 30 days or social strategy or, or business development or whatever it may be into really simple and digestible concepts that they can wrap their head around that really inspires them to take action. And then I think the third element that's made me successful that, that you and Nick take is, is delivering, is just making sure that you deliver for the people that have entrusted you with their time, their money, or their resources, or however that their relationship is structured, is that you actually put in the time and the effort to make it successful. Because it's not just about selling somebody on something. It's also about delivering on it for people at the highest possible level. Mm, absolutely. And another reason why I believe you're so successful is you truly care. Like you really care about being of service and making a difference in the world and serving underpopulated populations. Like you have such a big giant heart. And Nick and I felt that, you know, as soon as we met you when we were recently in LA and just, you know, all the communications that we've had with you since. And you have such a huge heart and you really do want to be of service and help people. And as a result, look at what you've created. Like there's no mistakes. So I just wanted to also throw that in there. But I'd love to hear now, what's one thing that's bringing you the most joy in your life right now? To be honest, it's conversations like this. I just love sharing knowledge with people and educating people and teaching people, whether that's speaking on, on big stages around the world, doing workshops, doing strategy sessions. I just love to share information with other people and have an impact on other people's lives. And it, it may sound cheesy, but it's really what fuels me. It was like this, this type of stuff is fun. It's like where my energy is the highest is when I'm having conversations like this, where I'm in a strategy session with somebody where I'm sharing information on stage. And that's what really fuels me to be able to, to have a positive impact on, on somebody's life just simply by sharing what I'm good at with them so that they can maximize the potential of who they are and what they're trying to achieve. Mm, well, thank you for sharing. I'd love to hear now, what is one thing that you're working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? I'm a, I'm a massive believer in you know, being a student for life and growing and evolving. So is there anything that you're consciously working on at the moment? I mean, professionally, what I'm really focused on, and it's the work that I'm doing with Nick, is, is really about content formats and how do you package content and messages in a way that, that goes viral. Because to me, that is where we can all have the biggest impact on our life. I firmly believe that every single person listening to this podcast and every person in this world has something to offer. It's just a matter of how they articulate their offering, whether that's through content or in person. And I've just seen the tremendous impact that a Prince EA or a Jay Shetty has in terms of packaging their content that gets hundreds of thousands, in some cases, millions of people to share a piece of content where they can have the most meaningful impact. And I think getting that information into the hands of people that can transform the world in a positive way can really pay dividends for not just them as an individual, but the entire planet. Because I feel like there's so much negativity that is syndicated in, in the form of news and other content, especially here in the, in the United States where the climate is a little bit rocky, to transform the world in that way is really exciting to me and, and where I'm spending 
a lot of my effort. In terms of what I'm working on for myself personally, it's just trying to take it day by day and having that awareness because I'm, I tend to get ahead of myself, try and just do too many things at, at one time and, and think too far down the road when I really need to have that awareness to enjoy each day that I have it because we're only on this planet for such a short period of time. And, and the days go by and the years go by so quickly that sometimes I have to, to, to tell myself constantly to slow down and just appreciate that we have this time on this planet and, and to really enjoy it and, and maximize the gift that we've all been given. Mm, Beautiful message. Thank you. I love that. Now let's pretend that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Besides your book, what is one other book that you would choose? That's a very easy question for me to answer. How to Win Friends and Influence People is my favorite book of all time. Mm, so good. Yeah. I've read it so many times. It's, it's, the information is so valuable, but it's one of the best written books I've ever read. To me, that hands down is the best book I've ever read and would recommend to anybody. And we can link to that in the show notes as well as your amazing book. Yeah. If, 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 if anybody hasn't read that book, check it out. It's a super easy read. And when you get into it, it's like, oh yeah, like, a lot of it's common sense, but you you kind of like the way that he positions it, it just gives you really good reminders on how to interact with people and how to improve your business, everyday life. But it's, yeah, if you haven't read it, definitely check it out. And the thing is, like, maybe it is things that you've already heard before, but I am a massive believer, and Tony Robbins says it all the time, that sometimes we need to hear things like three, four, five, six, 10 times before it sinks in. And depending where we're at in our journey as well, you know, some things may resonate now and they may not resonate later or they may resonate at different periods in your life. And so this is why I'm such a huge believer in being this student for life and continuously reading and learning and growing and evolving because things are going to resonate with you at different times. And what lands today you know, may not have landed five years ago. So it's just about continuously educating yourself. And and yes, that book is is amazing. I highly recommend it as well. All right. Let's talk about how your day looks. How do you map out your day? Do you have a morning routine? I love hearing about how people prime themselves for the day and set themselves up for a successful day. So can you talk us through your day and in particular your morning routine? Yes. My morning routine is I generally get up around like 6 or 7 a.m. I always start out with like an hour of meditation because it just it's extremely helpful for me in dealing just with the anxiety and stress of everything that's going on and just kind of recenters me. I follow that up with a gratitude list. And then generally I get to work and I have a notepad next to my desk that basically lists out all the the things that I need to accomplish. Because one thing that I have learned for myself is is having a written list and being able to basically cross off things as they get done. It really helps me center me and also gives me something called success momentum that this professor at, at Stanford taught me about that it's really fascinating and valuable. You guys should look up BJ Fogg and Tiny Habits if you get a chance. Then I just dive in and it's either generally I try and get through emails and some of these tasks before I start the daily calls. And then from there I do intermittent fasting, so I don't eat generally until like 12 or 1. But that's typically how how my morning looks. And then generally around 1, I'll go and 
and try and get some form of exercise or workout to just make sure that I'm keeping my, my health balanced as well. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And I love that you meditate. What type of meditation do you do? So I don't know what, what I would call it. I don't have a mantra. I basically just sit silent. I've tried like mantra meditation and for whatever reason, it doesn't work for me. So generally I sit sl- silent for 30 to 40 minutes. And then depending on how I feel, I have a binaural beats meditation that if I feel like I need some extra rest, like if I didn't sleep enough, then I'll, I'll listen to that for like 20 or 30 minutes as well. Beautiful. All right. What are three things you're most recently grateful for in your life? It's a, it's a great question. There's so many different things. I think that one thing in particular is the ability to help other people. Like I'm in a position now where I get to share information through a book, through speaking engagements, through interviews. And now I have a lot of people that are reaching out to me. So I'm very grateful that I have that opportunity because that's really what my dream is, is to be able to wake up every day and and just help three or four new people each day. I would say that I'm definitely grateful for being in, in sunny weather in the wintertime because I, I travel to London and Europe often and sometimes I forget the pleasure of actually having sunshine and being able to to live in, in, in such a, a beautiful place. And then I would say the, the third is I'm getting to to meet so many amazing people like yourself and Nick. We had the pleasure of meeting in LA. And again, as, as my career evolves in, in thought leadership, it's it's just truly remarkable how many special people are out in the world that you get to collaborate and learn from, whether that's from like a Prince EA, a Jay Shetty, or even just somebody I'm doing a strategy session with to again, you know, meeting you and, and Nick from a completely different part of the world and being able to connect with people. So I think that we all take for granted sometimes what social and digital platforms and technology and email and the internet has afforded us to to be able to have these types of relationships globally that wasn't really possible 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? The way that we can just connect with people from all over the world. I think it's just awesome. And yeah, I'm so grateful as well that we have been able to cross paths and got to spend some time in LA together. And yeah, it's it's only the beginning for our friendship and, and what we're going to do and create together. So I'm very excited. And I'm going to share a little bit about what we're thinking at the end of this interview. So hold tight, everybody. Make sure you stay to the very end of this interview because I have something very exciting to share with you guys. But before we get there, Brendan, I have three rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. In your opinion, what is one of the most important things that we can do today for our health? I would say awareness. Yeah. Awareness, just taking a, taking a breath and just getting centered in the line with yourself. Yeah, totally agree. What is one of the most important things that we can do for our wealth? So more abundance in all areas, financially, every area of our life. To me, it just comes down to one word, it's value, is how do you convey value through what you want to offer to other people? That's where my success has come from in all aspects of business. Yes, love that. And what is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life? I think that, I mean, I don't want to give the same answer as the last one. I mean, my first answer is, is providing value to others. But I think the other word that comes to mind is compassion. Is having compassion for other people 
And one of the things that I've learned, because uh, I study human behavior and psychology pretty intensely, because it's really fascinating to me, is understanding that people perceive the world in different ways and they see things differently. So having compassion for how somebody is perceiving a, a certain situation, even though you may be seeing it differently. Mm, such great advice. Such great advice. Everyone's on their own journey. Everyone's got their own stuff going on and we've got to have compassion for each and every single person that we come into contact with. So thank you for mentioning that. Nice little reminder. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to share? Is there anything that I have not asked you that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom? I think that you hit it on the head in in terms of, I think it was like 10 or 15 minutes ago that you had mentioned, keep learning, keep staying hungry, keep challenging yourself, keep testing and just figuring things out and and, and just don't give up because it's, it was success. And it's been said a hundred thousand times probably by now. It's really not about the end result. It's the, it's the journey and just looking at that and just constantly stay hungry, stay humble and always seeking out new information and ways to be a better human on this planet. That's so beautiful. And everyone listening, they are the, everyone listening are trailblazers. They're, you know, personal development junkies. And one of the great things that everyone can do now to continue to feed their learning and grow and evolve is, is reading your book. So I highly recommend everyone heading to the show notes and grabbing that. But before we go, I am a massive believer in service and value. And I want to know what I can do and the listeners, what we can do to serve you today. How can we serve you? You are so prolific at serving and offering value and everything that you do. You've just, like I said before, you've got such a big, beautiful heart and you really do care. Like you really care. So how can we serve you today? I think you've already done it. I mean, just having me on the podcast and for all the people that have listened to the podcast, I think that that is, is value enough. I, I just appreciate the time and having me on. And I would just, you know, just say to people, like, feel free to reach out, you know, whether it's reading the book or, you know, people can connect with me on Instagram or email me directly, like however they want to connect, if they want to learn more or however that is, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Oh, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, Nick and I are planning on bringing Brendan out to Australia next year. So if you want to come to this, you have to head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash million and register your interest because we need to know, well, firstly, A, if you want us to bring Brendan out here and B, which cities you are in. So we know which cities to come to. So if you don't go and register, we won't know that you want us to come to your city. And so we won't come. So you need to go and register melissaambrosini.com forward slash million and tell us if you want us to come to your city and bring Brendan there and we will do it. So before we go, Brendan, thank you so much for all of the value that you just provided with us and for your amazing book and for just being such a big hearted, loving, kind, caring, serving person. It's an absolute pleasure to have met you in person and to have been working with you. And it's beautiful to watch yours and Nick's friendship evolve and 
the magic that you guys are creating together. It's I'm so excited for it. It's it's just amazing. So thank you for today and for all that you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on the show. It really is all about offering the most value and about serving people and not holding back with your content and serve, serve, serving to the best of your ability and supporting people with their pain point. So I got some massive reminders in this episode. It was so inspiring. And if you loved it too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that together we can inspire and educate even more people. And don't forget to tell me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Brendan and I mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 149. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. Another thing I wanted to mention before I go is if you haven't got my latest book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex, all you have to do is head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy right now. And whilst you're there, you will get access to my free Open Wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, make sure you head on over to iTunes and leave me your review now. It means so much to me reading your reviews. So please head on over there. If you've been thinking about leaving a review, please head on over there. It means so much. I'm so grateful. And it really helps get my show out to everybody who really needs it. So thank you again for being here for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this particular episode, please be an angel and share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them. Do whatever you have got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, beautiful, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.